Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually... Actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple, perfect white cotton t-shirt from Mm. quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie also from Quince. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. It, it, like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter toot, or, toot, Kate. or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly, the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, if you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Hey everyone, we are off this week. So we're replaying some of our favorite episodes. And today we're going to be replaying the episode we aired originally in February 2019 with Nicole Beyer. So please enjoy. Hi, welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I am Kate Spencer. And I am Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts. But we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And we're going to be doing that live. Live! <laughs> At South by Southwest. In Austin, Texas. On Saturday, March 9th at 2 p.m. At 2 p.m. You do need a badge to come to the show. But... If you are someone who has a badge, please come to the show. Come to the show. It's going to be great. We're going to be interviewing Miranda Bennett, who I'm obsessed with. Yes. She's a very cool, sustainable fashion designer. Size inclusive. Like her clothes are beautiful. Comfortable jumper situations. And she's just really cool. And yeah, I'm just so excited to talk to her. Um, And then... For those of you who don't have badges, or if, or if you do. Or if you do, just spend the whole weekend with us. <laughs> We're doing a meetup with Natch Butte. 
which I'm also beyond excited about. So many honeys in the house. So many honeys. Um, And that is going to be the following day, Sunday, March 10th, from 5 to 7 p.m. There is an RSVP. It is free, but we would love for you to RSVP so we kind of know how many people are coming. And we will link to that RSVP in the show notes. That's it. We'll be there. We will be there. We are excited to meet self cardigans, self kerrigans, whatever we call ourselves, yeah. still don't know. No. Forev heads? Nope. No. Nope. 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 We're still figuring it out. <laughs> but we would love to say hi in person. Yeah. You can look at our skin. Just don't get too close. Just see all the cracks and crevices yeah. there. <laughs> I've got an, I've got a lot of like gentle tiny blackheads on my chin. Spoiler alert. I can't see them and I'm no, sitting like two feet yeah, away two from feet, you. But this is a this is a good conversational. It is. I don't feel like I'm invading your personal no, space. If you were six inches, you might be able to start seeing whatever's growing down there. Okay, noted. You know? You know? All right. I'm only human. <laughs> How are you doing? Dory, you know, I've been spiraling. Oh. But I'm pulling out of it. I don't know. I've been spiraling and then I've been trying to figure out why I'm spiraling, which is a whole other spiral. Mm. My The anniversary of my mom's death is fast approaching. Mm. When is it? It is March 4th. Okay. Um, but also... I, like I'm not, I don't that often what happens is in mid February, I start getting like really ragey and angry at everybody and just like really in kind of a shit mood. And then I'm like, Oh, right. It's that time of year again. Mm. I don't know if that's this also, you know, I'm now, this will be the 12th anniversary of my mom passing away. Oh, wow. So that is a very, that's a longer time. doesn't mean that I yeah. don't still have grief, but it's not the same kind of raw feeling as like one year. Yes. So, but I don't know. I'm just kind of, I've just kind of been um, like digging around in my negative, negative self-talk mm. space. And just now I'm just trying to like, you know, gently back out of that. Okay. So how are you back? How are you backing out of it? Um, By telling myself to shut the fuck up. Oh, okay. Like just by, I, it, I mm-hmm, how do I want to say this? A lot of it is body dysmorphia. Morphia. Mm. A lot of it is that. Mm-hmm. And uh, which I do not, I do not want to be a person who spends all their energy. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. So I'm just thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Is this what, how I want to spend my mental energy when yeah. there's so many other important things going on in the world? And also I'm a person of value, like whatever, uh, you know, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm just really trying to break through that shit. And man, it's just been chasing me for 39 and a half years. I hate, I hate when it like rears its ugly head when you think you're over it. Yeah. And it's also kind of like, it feels, I don't want to say it feels dumb, but it's a little, it's kind of embarrassing to admit that I'm still plagued by a lot of thoughts of like self-loathing and not loving Mm. myself. That's, you know, I've, I want to be, especially with two daughters, like I want to be like, I love myself no matter what. I feel great all the time. I believe in myself. <laughs> like I but just that's unrealistic. It is. Kudos to the person who exists in that space because one person but has also, to have it. I would honestly find it stressful as a daughter of someone who is like that. Well, that's a good perspective. Because like Yeah, you're right. Then there's no space for you to be sad. That's true. So I think it's important to show kids. You know, I say this as someone who doesn't have them, but soon enough. <laughs> I think, you know, you do want to show vulnerability. That's definitely true. I do, and I do. I do cry in front of them, and I do like express when I'm frustrated or sad or 
Um, but you know, like I want to also like endow them with self-esteem and self-confidence. So it's very, um, humbling when I struggle with my own self-esteem and self-confidence. Let me give you a little tip. Okay. Don't comment on other people's appearance to your kids. I don't think I do. Yeah. My mom did. So your mom would comment about other people, like, look at that person. They're this, they're that, or they're so beautiful. They're Usually negatively. Mm. And you don't even realize how that like affects you. No. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I, I have a different situation in which my mom was very self-deprecating mm. and now I am very self-deprecating mm-hmm. and that's my go-to for humor. And I don't want that to be, and that's very hard to snap out of. Yeah. Do you, did you pick that up? Like, do you also, I've never really heard you comment on other people's appearances. No, because I became, I became aware of it. Yeah. I was like, oh, my mom's so judgmental. Like, oh, that's hard. I don't, it must have been really hard. I don't want to, I mean, look, in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't like the hardest thing in the world. Of course. But, there is a scale of our experiences. But I did have this sort of, like, I did have a growing awareness of like, oh, that's not like a great way to be. You know? Yeah. So worked through that and uh, just trying not to, <laughs> don't, I don't want to like impart that to yeah. anyone else. Well, I did make an appointment with my therapist. I did okay. email my therapist because I have been really bad about consistent therapy in the past couple of months. So I did send my old therapist an email. They replied right away. They're the best. So I'm going to get, you know, get back into that are you gonna, practice. Are you going to make regular appointments? I was going once a week, once every two weeks. And then the holidays just like, I just like threw me off and I never got back on track. And I really need to be consistently in therapy at this moment in my life. Sure. I will say, Dory, I did mention my back pain that I've been in. And I've had to really kind of like transition my thinking on my whole getting jacked 2019. Um. But I did a whole lot of back care stuff last week. I saw my doctor. I set up physical therapy appointments. They can't see me for a few weeks, but I at least have, have it all in the calendar for like two months. I went to a back pain yoga class. I went to a, a chiropractor who was very gentle and really helped my back pain. Oh, good. And I went to an infrared sauna. Look at you. Anyway, tell me your life, your writing every day, you're productive, you're pregnant, your skin's dewy, your hair's thick. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, no, just kidding. Uh, I have been writing every day. So remember, I was like, I'll get to this later a little bit more when we talk about our intentions, but I had been wanting to get on a writing schedule. Because you wrote a book. I mean, you sold a book. I sold a book um, that, I need, that I need to book. write. And can we I, just explain real quick? Yeah. I don't know if we explained this in the last episode. When you sell a book in uh-huh. this situation, yes. you're selling, you've written part of it to show what the idea and what the general vibe would be, but you yes. haven't, like, when we're just kind of shooting around the term, I sold a book. But what does it actually mean, Dory? So in this case, it meant that I sent editor, or my agent sent editors, I think we sent in four essays and then like a letter about what the rest of the collection was going to be like and why I wanted to write it. And then, um, I had phone calls with the editors who wanted to buy it. And yeah, so now I have to write the rest of the book. Got it. Thank you for clarifying. You're welcome. In fiction, you usually have to write the whole book before you sell it. But in nonfiction, there tends to be people, t- people tend to write it like a proposal. Yes, that's what I did. 
Um, so instead of writing on a specific schedule, I have just given myself the mandate to write 500 words a day. Which can feel like a lot. And it also can feel like a little. Yes. But I found that it is a manageable amount for Mm me. mm -hmm. I'm able to get it done. I've been able to get it done so far. Do you have a, uh, are you doing it at the same time every day? Okay. Which I thought might be a problem. But I'm fi- I'm actually finding that I like that better, that I can just kind of like fit it in when I feel like fitting it in, and I know I need to get it done. Have you done it yet today? No. Okay. But the day um, is still young. The day is young. I think I know when I'm going to do it. Great. And yeah, and it's been good. Just feels much more manageable that way. Able to just like I think what we've been talking about, just getting something done and putting proverbial pen to paper is important because then I can go back and edit and I, I like editing and I'm good at editing. And so you are good at just like getting everything out is the hardest part for me. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I also made a Spotify playlist for labor and delivery. Ooh, Mm -hmm. what are you going to, what are you aspiring to give birth to? Well, it's like an eight hour long playlist. (laughs) That makes sense because labor can be days. Labor can be long. Um, And I've been listening to it just to kind of like make sure that I like the songs. Sure. Nothing could be worse than having contractions to a song you are like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, this was a mistake. Um, It's very calming. It's very heavy on songs that were like big on my summer camp mixtapes. Oh, wow. Like Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Oh, my God. Do, 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 do. (laughs) Is it is Sweet Sweet Judy Judy Blue Blue Eyes Eyes is on it. Yeah. I love that song. Um, you know, there's like Tom Petty, Fleetwood Mac, a lot of like classic rock. But then there's also more contemporary stuff. Um, nothing too high energy. Who's like the most unexpected artist you've put on this playlist? Oh, goodness. I would have to look. Oh, Dory's opening um, her computer. But, you know, I figured it's never too early to make your labor and delivery playlist. No. Because you don't know when you're going to go into labor. That is true. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. It's just, oh, Indigo Girls are on. Wow, it. wow. Your, your labor mix, it truly is camp in the early 90s. Yes. I, I mean, I also have some Motown. I have some mm. Marvin Gaye. I have, uh, let's see, Miranda Lambert, Brandy Carlisle, mm. Natalie Merchant, Destiny's Child. Great. Uh, Whitney Houston, Cindy Lauper, the Go Go's. This is such an interesting vibe for labor and delivery. Is it? I love it. Yeah, it's cool. Cheryl Crow, letters oh, to Cleo, letters to Cleo, <laughs> Tegan and Sarah. <laughs> uh, I, smell, I smell like a, a nice feminist bent to this yeah, playlist. Yeah, you know, just tried to. Just trying to put on, you know what it also was? I was like, I'm going to put on songs that I like and not care about like what Matt might want to hear. What, you know what I mean? I would like, love it if like your doctor or a nurse was like, uh, Natalie Merch. I don't want to hear this Natalie Merchant <laughs> song right now. Can you fast forward? Um, yeah. So that was fun. And um, I've also been, so I've been watching something on, on Netflix. I've never heard of this show. That I'm show. very into, and I'm very sad because I'm on the last episode, oh, and it was only two seasons. Um, I've been watching Stiesel. What is Stiesel? It is an Israeli show. 
about an ultra-Orthodox family in Jerusalem. And it's just like a family drama, but it's funny. How did you discover it? I feel like I'd seen someone like mention it offhand. I was like, huh. And then, I don't know, it's just like on Netflix. And I think it came up as like new on Netflix. Is it all in Hebrew? It is. There's subtitles. Um, Do you understand Hebrew though? I do. You can listen. Not well enough that I can watch it without subtitles. For some reason, our TV in the bedroom, like when I put it on, the sub, like the subtitles weren't working. It's like, Dory, you better <laughs> get back with your Hebrew. And I was like, maybe I can watch this. And then I was like, no, I can't. Um, but it's so good. It's it's just, it's it, it's really, really well done. So I, I recommend it. Do you have a show lined up? Because I know the feeling of like when you f- that last episode is done and you're like, what now i know i'm so sad do you have something kind of at the ready well i have been wanting to watch pen 15 i'll get ready i do need to finish russian doll okay okay those are two that i need to do um so yeah both of those trying to think if there's anything else that i've been hankering you already did sex education i've got to get on i loved sex education I really enjoyed That's it. That's next after penis, pen 15, whatever mm-hmm, we want to call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's what I'm. Sounds like you're, I don't know if you're in the, you're kind of in the like um, pop culture nesting phase. Yeah. You've made your playlist. You're watching shows. You're kind of like hunkering down and just enjoying. Oh, you know what else? The I, arts? You know what else I got this week that I haven't used yet, but I purchased it. I bought a book light. You told me you very excitedly. Did you t- or you did you whip it out when I was at your house yes. recently? I think it arrived when you were at that's my house. Right, that's right. I was like, ooh, I think this is my book list. <laughs> you were so great. You were like, I just realized there are so many books I want to read that aren't on my Kindle. It's true. Um, so, and I was like, but I like to read in bed, and I don't like to have the full light on. And then sometimes when I wake up in the middle of the night, I'm not going to turn the light on. No, you can't to wake Matt up. So, well, it also could come in handy. If you're up, when you do have your child, if you're mm-hmm. up with the baby, if you, whether you're nursing or bottle feeding or however you are feeding your baby, you're going to be up throughout the night. Yeah. And I spend a lot of time just like scrolling on the internet, but you could actually like read books during that time. I could read books. I could read something that just got sent to me, an advanced copy of a book. Oh boy. <laughs> that I am very excited to read. Comes out March 26th. And is it about a character who rhymes with flazy flobs? Sure is, Kate. <laughs> That's right, you guys. There's a new Maisie Dobbs book coming up at the end of March. I just like drooled on myself. Um, <laughs> That's how excited you I'm are. I'm so excited. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, just very excited. There's so much happening in the Maisie Dobbs world. Oh, so much. Yeah, there, there's there's two Maisie Dobbs books coming out. One is like the next in the series, and then the other is like a like a journal type thing called What Would Maisie Do? I'm so happy for you. <sighs> it's really... <laughs> really special it's big for you that's big thank you um before we take a break though we have an update we have something we need to <laughs> mention this would be a correctional correction and i think correction clarification corner, clarification correction corner i think is what they say in my favorite murder mm. i don't want to hijack up another per- podcast term but we do need to um say that we were wrong gmail you might have heard one of our many rants about gmail folders and how they just aren't to our liking we received numerous messages numerous. from people who have a way better understanding of Gmail than we do, uh, which is that Gmail does have uh, 
folders. So here's just an email that we got. This is one of many messages. In regards to your comments that Gmail does not have folders, that is not actually true. You can, in fact, drag things from your inbox into your list of labels displayed on the side of your inbox, and they will move there and disappear from your inbox. You can also click on the message or open it and then select move to, which is the image of a folder with an arrow on it. Google still calls them labels, not folders, but they function as both. You can label things in your inbox and have it remain there and also move emails to folders. As someone mentioned in an email in today's episode, this is from earlier this month, you can even have sub-labels. For example, I file all my e-receipts this way with individual labels for various stores under a larger shopping label, which can I just say is very organized. Do you do that? No. I've never even, which is so great because I just end up like searching for like anthropology. Totally. Anyway, um, this person was very sweet and they said, if I knew how to make a little video demonstrating, I would do so, but I am not that computer savvy. I hope this info helps though. It does help. Thank you. And you know, it's funny, like the day after we like had ranted about you not being able to move things to folders, I was in our Gmail account and I was like kind of filing things away and I like clicked, I, I just did the move to thing, an email disappeared and I was like, oh, uh oh we're wrong. Like I saw it happen. And I was like, Oh, my God, we're so wrong. Well, fortunately, no one died. No, it wasn't. You're saying like, it wasn't a big deal that we were wrong about it. Correct. No, but I do love like, we were really worked up. (laughs) We were. Um, But you know what? Live and learn. Thank you. Mia culpa. Thank you, everyone who educated us on how to do Gmail. And if you want to provide us with more tips, we're into Gmail tips. Zap us. You know, zap us on the jeans. Don't do that. Don't what? Don't call <laughs> Gmail jeans. I think it's kind of cute. But uh, zap us. Zap us. All okay. right. Let's take a we'll break. We'll be right back. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast. It is. And I feel like also with summer just come more social events. There's weddings. There's nights out. It's vacations. I mean, like all the things happening in summer. And what I love is that Honey Love has just the right thing for all those events. Feel comfortable and confident this summer with Honey Love's best-selling Superpower Short. The Superpower Short smooth shapes and lifts, giving you a flawless silhouette under any outfit with targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas you need less compression. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. Speaking of working with your bod, the crossover bra, which I'm wearing as we speak. I wear that thing every day. I do too. Uh, It's my favorite Honey Love piece. Let me let me just tell you why. Yeah, get or, into okay, it. Do you want to tell me why? <laughs> no, no. I was just gonna say, like, I I I don't even need to wear it to events. I wear it like the event is every day of my life. Yes, that's such a good way of putting it. 
the bra gives all the support of traditional bras without using any underwires. And just like sidebar, I have put on some of my old underwire bras lately and been like, oh, God, like get this off of me. No, thank <laughs> once you. you. Once you start wearing Honey Love, you're just like, no, not yep. going back. You see also, how it could like, be. Yes. Also, like summer sweat under those underwires is like, ugh, the worst. Now you don't have to worry about it. Get the support you need with the comfort you deserve and treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market. Save 20% off at honeylove.com slash forever. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash forever. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started. So shape your life with Honey Love. You know, Dory, we talk to a lot of really fantastic intelligent people on this podcast. But I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. Mm, I love to go deeper. We like to go deep. And that's not only possible with today's sponsor, but also easy to accomplish on Masterclass. Every year I get really into the classes offered and the instructors offering them. Like I'm all over the place with the things that I like on Masterclass. But this year, I am very interested in the class Redefining Feminism, which is 14 lessons from Gloria Steinem. Okay. Now, they dissect issues women face in the U.S. and ways we can play a role in the feminist movement in our everyday lives. Look, I majored in women and gender studies in college. So, this is right up my alley. But even if you didn't, even if you're like, this is the first time I'm I hearing mean, those words. I would argue, especially if you didn't. Yes. Get into it with Masterclass because this is the year you can really learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Go from just talking about improving to actually doing the things you've been wanting to do with Masterclass. And it doesn't have to be Redefining feminism with Gloria Steinem. It can be gardening in your own garden or your yard or patio. It can be learning to cook Indian food or designing a space that you love. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master like negotiation with Chris Voss or think like a boss with Martha Stewart or maybe capture your vision through photography with Petra Collins, Masterclass has you covered. With Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one -on -one classes with the world's best. And right now, our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35. You know, the weather's getting warmer. So I, for one, am ready to say goodbye to my jackets and my sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I'm right there with you, Kate. And you know what I actually, actually, I donned double quince the other night. I've got to tell you. Okay. Yeah. This is what's so great about quince because I feel like I have really been able to update my wardrobe like for the long haul without spending a fortune. I wore a gorgeous white tee, like a simple perfect white cotton t-shirt from mm. Quince, but it was a little chilly out. So I threw on my cashmere hoodie, also from Quince. Ooh, mm -hmm. okay. 
like they have basically given me a lineup of timeless pieces that I feel like keep me looking, I'm going to toot my own horn, effortlessly chic, whether it's winter or, or summer. They've got premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30. You've got washable silk tops, really stunning 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. Like truly the list goes on and on. And the best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, something that's very important to us. So look, If you're going on a trip, if you just need to update your summer wardrobe, get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash forever35 for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash forever35 to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash forever35. Our guest today is Nicole Byer. Hello, yeah. Nicole. Hi, 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 hi. Uh, Nicole, here's a bio. Ooh, what a treat. Yeah, just so you know about yourself. Nicole <laughs> Byer is an actress, comedian, and writer who hosts the very popular baking show Nailed It on Netflix, a.k.a. My Children's Life. <laughs> She's also the star of the Facebook Watch sitcom Loosely Exactly Nicole, and you can see her 30-minute stand-up special on Netflix's Comedians of the World and listen to her discuss dating, sex, and her always changing Tinder profile on her very hilarious podcast, Why Won't You Date Me? Which is so good. Thank you. And so wonderfully awkward sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the earlier episodes where I interview the dudes I've hooked up with get a little awkward. Yeah, because we don't normally go back to the people no. that we've ever even dated, much less just had like a random mm-hmm. hookup with and then be like, hey, why didn't why weren't you into that? Or it's why didn't it work out? It's very therapeutic. W- is it? Uh-huh. How did, you've been doing that podcast for a year. Yes. Has and it, I've run out of people to agree to do it who I've hooked up with. Well, that's like... <laughs> so you just need to worse. hook up with some more mm-hmm. people. And <laughs> I guess so. But now I'm like non-comedians. I'm like, are you just hooking up with me to get on the podcast? Right. Which yeah. is an insane thought. Yeah, but I mean, people are crazy. People are crazy. So... Is it something that you would recommend... For somebody like in their regular life who's not doing a podcast, <laughs> going back and and checking in with somebody, you know, because we always wonder like, hey, why didn't that work out? Or what what did we have? And you like very openly get to the bottom of it with people. I think it's helpful. Like I had someone tell me, someone I hooked up with in my like early 20s, they were like, you were emotionally like a baby. You were not emotionally mature enough to be in a relationship. And I was like, that is fully correct. Yeah. And it was nice to be like, oh, you recognize that. And that's why we didn't date. Mm. Um, But I think now as like a 32 or 33-year-old woman, I think I want to be in a relationship where we're both mature enough to have a like a, a debrief closing conversation mm-hmm. to be like, this is why it didn't work. No hard feelings. Toodaloo. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. As we used to call it in the marketing business, a post-mortem. <laughs> ah. Where you would, after a big event, you'd all meet and discuss like how you screwed up and what mm-hmm. you were going to do better next time. I think that's good for relationships because then you can take it and 
you know, apply whatever you want to the next one. Have you had that conversation with a partner yet? Like, has that happened in a relationship? No. (laughs) (laughs) But one One day I'll have a nice relationship and we'll break up and have a lovely conversation about it. I've never been in a full-fledged relationship. Which is the point of your podcast, Mm -hmm. right? I'm trying. (laughs) And I've been just dating real hard. (laughs) It's exhausting and I hate it. It is like dating is exhausting. Yeah. We've talked about that a bit on Forever 35, where it's like a f- well, I, I met my husband on Tinder. Yes. Did you? I did. How many years ago? Uh, we met in 2014. Yeah. I think I missed the golden age of actually meeting a person on Tinder. Is it? Yeah. I mean, I haven't been on in a few years. It's bad. Yeah. That's what I've. It's not heard. good. I mean, look, it wasn't great back then either. <laughs> I, because I, I went out with, I counted, I went up out with 35 people before I met my husband. I don't know if I've been out with 35 people. That is a lot of people. It was a lot of and fucking people. What What is the time frame? It was about a year. Okay. And so it was, you really dedicated I really the time. Dedica- yeah, I put in the time. Like, it was kind of intense. And I would go in spurts. I would mm-hmm. go with, for like three or four weeks going on like a ton of dates. And I'd be like, this is so exhausting. <sighs> I want to die. And I would go for a few weeks and, you know, take myself off the apps and just mm-hmm. go cold turkey. Did you date multiple people at once? Mm-hmm. That's but not for like extended periods of time. Like I might go on like three like if I gone on like three dates with someone, I would still go on like a first date with someone else. But how many people at once were you juggling? I wasn't I was never sleeping with more than one person at once. Oh, okay. Okay. I, for some I guess in my in in some way like that was like a line in my head. <laughs> <laughs> An arbitrary line, I admit. You but can make your own line. <laughs> yeah. how, how many people have you juggled, Nicole, at once? The most was five, and it was the most exhausting, and I really hated it. That's It was so confusing. Many. Yeah. Because I'd be like, wait, I'm going out with this person. When And I have a planner where I write everything down. But, you know, I don't write everything down. And then I would miss dates. And then I'd be like, I'm so sorry. And then I'd be flying somewhere and then flying back. It was awful, and I hated it. And now I'm back down to zero. Which is, are you... comfortable being at zero right now? Like, is that where you kind of want to be? Are you pulling back and just dating yourself? I'm trying to do things that bring me joy. And right now that's pole dancing. (laughs) Really? I genuinely love it. It's not, everyone's like, well, I feel weird being sexy. I'm like, you should see the women in the class. They're not, (laughs) nobody's sexy. Our teacher is like fit and beautiful and she's sexy. But all of us are like just little monsters trying to be like, let me swing. (laughs) No, I, I actually went to high school with a woman. I hadn't seen her for like 20 years. And we had a little high school reunion here in LA. And she, she was like, this cute little preppy girl in high school and she became a pole dancing instructor Ah. and i know it's a very like one it's super athletic and super hard and i'm winded winded at our warm-up what is the warm-up the warm-up is a yoga-based warm-up where you do like hand and wrist isolations and you're twirling your wrist and you're like this is stupid but by like minute Two, you're like, my wrists are going to fall off. (laughs) And yeah, it's like a lot of stretching and moving your body. And then some teachers do floor work. So then you're just like rolling around and you're like, this hurts my hips. (laughs) How did you get into it? 
Um, my friend Gilly has a show called Getting Gross with Gilly at UCB. I love Gilly. Isn't Gilly the best? Yeah, Do you know sh- Gilly? I don't know Gilly. She's oh. the best. You gotta meet her. I'd, I'd love to meet sh- Gilly. And this show is fucking bonkers in the best way. She does her monologue pantsless and underwearless. I've seen Gilly's oh. vagina more times than I've seen my own. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, and she commits. And she commits fully and she tells very good jokes and like that's not the joke. Ugh, I love her. But she did a segment where it was like doing things we've never done before. So a group of us went to a pole dancing class and the teacher was fine and I was like but I want to like master this I want to like learn how to actually do a full rotation so then I asked Ashira I was like would you go to a pole dancing class and it was like a year later and she was like sure and then we went and then after class I was like I want to do this every day and she was like, <laughs> me too we went and bought shoes oh, so you have like the sexy heeled boots I have or shoes real big boots that aren't that sexy <laughs> But I'm afraid to wear them. Have you worn them to the class? Mm -mm. So these are like a nice heel, like a super high heel. Yes. I think a standard stripping heel or dancing heel is six inches. Is it on a a two-inch platform? So it's like a four-inch heel, but it is a little scary. Yeah, that's like an ankle breaker. Yeah, so that's why I'm afraid to wear and that's why I bought boots, because I feel like boots are a little bit more sturdy. Uh Uh-huh. But I'm just terrified to wear them. And how often do you go? I try to go once a week. And what is it about the experience that is joyful for you? Um, there's mirrors everywhere so you can watch yourself do a spin. So it is a tangible thing you can see. We're like, I like weightlifting as well, but that's not super tangible. To, you're just like arr, arr, yeah. lifting things. But this is like you move your whole body and – then you're like sore and you understand why each muscle is sore because the move you did, you were like working this muscle. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a not empowering, but it's just like your body can do so much and we don't do anything with our bodies really. Mm-hmm. Like some people run, some people weightlift, some people dance, but like pole dancing is just so interesting. I've never mm-hmm. moved my body like that. It oh, must I- also be satisfying to like see the progress you're making. Oh, yeah. Like my first class, I couldn't do a fireman spin, which is the easiest one. But th- but aren't you, that's like such upper body strength, right? No, it's, it's not? core. Oh Jesus! And I would die. when you're not climbing, you're descending, so you don't need to pull yourself up. You're just you put your hand up and then you just slowly descend or fast descend if you walk into your spin. And everyone in my class has different body types, which is nice because I've been to like Zumba classes where everyone's like very thin. Knows all the moves, and I'm like, ah, I'm oh, the God. fat lady in the back who's like, oh, I stepped too far in the wrong direction. <laughs> this is like just different sized people at different skill levels. I don't know. I really just like it. One thing that you've talked about on your podcast, which I listen to pretty regularly, thank you. Uh, it's very funny. Is starting therapy, uh huh, which you've done this past year. I love therapy. <laughs> I really like talking to someone who doesn't have an investment in my life but cares about my life, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, yeah, like Mary cares about me for the hour we're together. And then I'm sure she thinks about me a couple minutes before I walk in. But for the rest of her life, she's living her life. Um, I like it because your friends can only handle so much Mm -hmm. of your problems. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of the time I will talk about something for like a full month before I'm like, oh, (laughs) okay. Now I see what Mary was saying and not saying because she does like me to discover things on my own and I'm slow as fuck. Uh, But I love her. And I 
was having issues with like performing. So like I would be doing an hour long set and then in the middle get really confused and be like, I don't know what's next. And same thing was happening in like sketches. I was like, I know. And it was easier in sketches because I was responding to somebody. But like when I was by myself, I was like, who am I responding to? And then just through talking, Mary was like, I think you might have ADD. Or like I brought it. I was like, I think I have ADD. And she was like, I also think you have ADD. But you didn't seem to be affected by it. So I Mm. didn't talk about it with you. And I was like, oh, okay. So she was like, you should go see a psychiatrist. So then I went and saw this woman. And I I talked for like maybe 15 minutes. And she went, it's severe. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah, so I got put on – I could up my dosage. It would probably be helpful, but I like the low dosage of Vyvanse. It uh-huh. also helps with binge eating, which is also another issue. So it's been very nice to have a tool. And at first I was like, I don't want to take medication. Yeah. And I think that stems from black culture where black people are like, you're a strong, independent woman. You don't need therapy. Like I told my uncle that I was doing therapy and that I was on medication. And he was like, you don't need it. And I was like, well, what do you think's wrong with me? He's like, I don't know. Not that. <laughs> and I was like, all right. All right, uncle. Okay. Um, do you think that's generational in the black community as well? Like, have you experienced that with friends? Um, I ev- most black friends I've spoken to are in therapy, but their family isn't. Yeah, interesting. Mm. And I guess it just stems down. I think Mary explained it. My therapist explained that it in Mary. a way <laughs> where she was like, "It is generational, and it's um, it like it's from slavery. Like you're told to just like grin and bear it. You just deal with it. You mm. just roll with the punches, and that's just how it's been passed down. Um, and I, I buy into that. I think we all, black people in America, hold a lot of trauma from slavery, which is something I never realized until I spoke to this nice, woke white lady. (laughs) Mary. (laughs) It was like, if you think about it, like, the trauma is being passed down. What they saw overseers doing is what they would do to, like, reel their children in, and that gets brought down. Yeah, it's it's a whole very interesting thing. Holy shit. And you're just carrying that with you. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that wild? Yeah. And then also white people hold trauma too from people doing bad stuff. And then you kind of, you know, it's, we're all little fucked up monsters who should be in therapy. <laughs> oh, we are. <laughs> Don't worry. We're heavily medicated and uh-huh. therapied over here. Yeah. I yeah. think medication's great. It's weird though, that hesitation, because I have def, I had definitely felt I'm on Prozac mm-hmm. now. And I was like, I don't need it. If I just cut back on my caffeine and mm-hmm. just get back into my yoga practice, I'll get this under control. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, no, I don't have power over this. No. Like, this is my chemical fucking makeup. And a lot of people have chemical imbalance. Like, why would we ever think that we're just meant to be here to just be on our own and just <laughs> live? It's like they made medication for a reason. Take yeah. it. So how have you noticed your medication changing you? Um, it is so much easier to perform. It's, that's oh, wow. fascinating that sta- that you were all of a sudden in the middle of doing stand-up mm-hmm. forgetting. Because stand-up seems like a hard-ass nightmare anyway, having <laughs> it, to remember. It is hard because you remember an hour of material that you wrote yourself. Yeah, Jesus. And you got to remember the setups and the punchlines. And then sometimes I would switch the two. Um, and I always had my set list next to me as like a little crutch because I was like, what if I get lost? But now I can 
go on stage without a set list and then also insert new jokes and remember what I did in the show before. Like there was one time in Chicago, I was doing three shows in a row. The second show, almost every joke I started with, have you heard this before? Because <laughs> like, I could not remember what I said in the first show and in the second show. Oh my God. And it was a living nightmare. I was like, this is bad. So like, it's been helpful that way. It's also been super helpful to learn lines mm. because I do procrastinate, but I'll like clean, which is great. Then I'll have a clean room. Yeah. And I'll be like, well, I have nothing else to do. And you have to learn those lines. Just learn them. <laughs> and then I'll do it. It's oh. nice. I really, it's a very useful tool for me. It must feel really freeing too to, to now know this about yourself. Yes. And a lot of things I did in my childhood make sense mm. where I was just like, so the SATs, me and my mother got into a huge fight about the PSATs. She was like, did you sign up for them? And I was like, no, mama, I'm going to be an actress. I don't need schooling. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, but you have to take the SATs. And I was like, whatever. And they put me in this big room with a window. And I was sitting there and I was like, wow, life is really going on outside. <laughs> What's that big dog going to do? Oh, that's a nice dog. And they're like, 10 minutes left. And I was like, Burr. I hadn't even written my name. So then I just like quickly filled in everything and was like, I don't, I don't know how, I don't know. <laughs> and I scored very poorly. Um, and then in like elementary school, when we would do math, I remember this one teacher, Ms. Gizzy, she Ooh. accused me of cheating because I would guess the answer and then work backwards. And she was like, there's no way you could have done that. And I was like, I don't know. That's just how my brain works. And still it works that way. Like I can guess. I love going to a store and being like, what's the sale price? And then figuring it out and then working backwards and being like, ooh, I'm right. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Like a wizard. <laughs> For sure. Harry Potter light. <laughs> Harry Potter light. I'll take it. Uh, and she like accused me of cheating and then had a conference with my mother and then made me take a different test, but it was like the same like multiplication, whatever. And I did the same thing. And my mom was like, there's no way she could have been cheating. She was sitting outside while we were talking. And then Ms. Gizzy was just kind of mean to me for the rest of the year. And then that day on, I was like, I hate math. Yeah. And that uh, just destroys yeah. your self-esteem yeah. for, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I have had <laughs> similar experiences and my self-esteem, like I'll go to therapy and I'll mm -hmm. be like, my fourth grade teacher. Yes. And it stays with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like this adult told me I was bad. And I wasn't doing anything wrong. And then, yeah, I just talked a lot in school. <laughs> I would rush through my homework or uh, my schoolwork to, to help the unfortunate children who were stupid. <laughs> in my brain, I was like, well, all these other kids are so dumb. I have to help them out. <laughs> and my teacher would be like, you have to do your own work. And I'm like, I already did it. <laughs> yeah, I was an awful little kid because I just – and. ADD and little girls manifest differently than boys. Like girls become busy buddies, busy bodies, and then spacey. Yeah. So like I would go in between spacing out and being over like uh, overactive, and I think they were just like she's just annoying, and I was like, no, I'm ill. <laughs> it's a diagnosed thing. <laughs> but and the and ADD or anything related never came up when you were a kid. Or never. A teenager, which is crazy. Uh huh. Yeah, it never ever ever came up, but it like. It, so, like, depression and anxiety and ADD, everything – well, not everything. A lot of things are very connected. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I started taking my medication and then – because I would have a lot of stuff to do and be like, I don't know how to get any of this done. 
I'll take a nap. So then I became a napper. I would sleep and sleep and sleep and be like, wow, this is mounting up. But if I go to sleep again, it might be okay. <laughs> oh my and God. The, but the medication, like, it doesn't keep me awake, but like, it's just like a little thing in the back of my brain that's like, stay awake. Maybe, yeah. maybe do what you need wow. to do. So for me, I like it. Some people don't like it, but you just have to figure out what works for you. Yeah. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad. They're just new. You know what I mean? Like I am now just discovering creppiness, Dory. Mm. Okay. Which is okay. I know. visible on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like creppiness. And I'm not overly concerned with aesthetics, but like I do just want to keep my skin healthy as I age. Totally. I love their topical supplements. They really help your skin feel. I don't want to say younger, but just vibrant, mm. refreshed. They combine tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to literally create the world's most effective product to help with skin aging. I am particularly fond of their face topical supplement. It's essentially a moisturizer, but it has their mm -hmm. proprietary OSO1 peptide to really help with all the parts of our skin that are exposed to environmental damage. You can use it on your face, your hands, your neck. I know here mm -hmm. where we live in Los Angeles, our hands, we're driving. That sun is coming at us at all times. One Skin believes the Amen. purpose of skincare is not just to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They really create next level skincare. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and more importantly, acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OVER50 at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OVER50. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. <laughs> Can we talk about some of your other self-care routines besides pole dancing? Mm-hmm. What are they? What are they? <laughs> well, I try to get my nails done. I like looking down. They're a little gross right now. They're a little grown out. But I like looking down at my hands and seeing something nice. Mm -hmm. And then I like to get my toes done because I like to 
I like to be barefoot in my house and I like to mm-hmm. see something nice. Um, I, I like makeup. Some people don't like makeup and they're like, you don't need to wear makeup to feel beautiful. But I like to like contour my face and transform it. And I like wigs. So if I'm having kind of a shitty day, I will take the time to like paint my face Mm. and it feels therapeutic and it's nice to see it all come together and I'll curl my hair. And then if no one compliments me, I don't care. I feel Mm. pretty and I feel good. Your lashes on your stand-up special were amazing. Thank you. Yeah, they looked really good. Those are Morphe lashes. Oh, okay. They're $10 a pair, which is a little expensive. But I wash them and I keep them <gasps> for too long. Oh, wow. Is well, that, they looked great. I still, still don't Thank understand you. how lashes work. What do you mean? I mean, I just have my own. I've never had, <laughs> like, are they the magnetic kind? Or no, they the, no, no. They're the glue. They're the glue. Okay, okay. I use a... Non-latex glue, because I'm allergic to latex uh-huh. in my eye. Or not allergic, but it hurts my eyes. Um, but yeah, you just glue the strip on and you, you go about your life. Can the therapeutic feeling of doing makeup, it like just, it's, it sounds very like you're using your hands, you kind of get in the mm-hmm. zone. How, how did you learn to contour and to actually like do a face? Uh, YouTube. Oh God, I got, I'm not a better at watching YouTube tutorials. YouTube. And then trial and error. And was uh, there was there a particular person or people on YouTube that you would recommend? Nope, just a bunch okay. of drag queens, black okay. queens. I would look at. At first, I was looking at white people, and I was like, "This doesn't apply to me." Right? <laughs> <It doesn't, laughs> no, nope. these people don't have my skin tone. No, this is silly. Mm-hmm. So then I started watching black drag queens, and then black YouTubers, and I truly learned how to do it because. Um, I would get to jobs, and makeup artists would not have a complete kit. They oh, would wow. make me look gray. They wouldn't have oh, my God. color. So then I started doing my base. I would mm-hmm. just do my foundation and concealer and then let them do the rest. And then I was like, I don't like the way you do it. Mm-hmm. So then I would just come full-faced. And then they'd be like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, great, I can look the way I want to look. Um, but now it's now it's more therapeutic. I've been luckier with things I've booked where people have a full kit and know how to do my face. Yeah, because you look great on TV. Yeah, you do. Thank you. Well, my, for my special, I did my own makeup. Oh, you did? Because mm-hmm. you knew exactly how you wanted to look? Well, we didn't have a makeup test. And anytime there's no makeup test for something, I will just do it. Because... Um, If you don't want to look at my face before, I don't trust you to do it on the day. Mm. Um, Because all faces are different. Like, do you watch Drag Race? Yes. So RuPaul got a new makeup artist, Raven, and it took Raven about a season and a half to get her face right. That's about the time it takes to get a face and get it right and get it exactly how you want it. It takes a while because it's a learning curve. You're applying makeup to somebody else, and that's hard in itself. And then to have it look spectacular every time, that's crazy. Um, but I did it because there was no test. And then I got there and the woman literally had no colors darker than me. She was like, I'm going to contour you. And I was like, with what? Oh God. <laughs> Nothing is darker than me. And that's what a contour is. Uh, so I was happy that I did it myself. I also let this man do my hair and I hate how my hair looks in the promo. So I just did it for the special. He didn't even, he didn't have a, a uh, curling iron because I was uh, taping with two other, 
three other men. Mm-hmm. Oh my so God. Okay. <laughs> the woman just gets left out. I did watch the special that was after yours, and he comes out like dressed like a teen. And it, like, <laughs> and you look gorgeous. Like, I, that's got to be hard when you. They're I not made prepared. a choice, and a lot of people in their specials didn't dress up. And fair, I was like, fair. to me, this is special. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've wanted this for a very long time, and it took me a very long time to figure out my outfit, and I wanted to look. Very pretty. You did. Thank you. I love that skirt. Thank yeah. you. Oh, I found that in a in a resale shop. Uh, it was like twenty dollars, and it was cut to the perfect length. Like someone had cut it, and I was like, "This was cut for me. Someone did this for me." Yeah, it looked amazing. Thank so you, you styled your whole self for your special too. Yes. Anytime, for the most part, anytime you see me on television as me, I'm I've done it all. Is that true for Nailed It also? No, that's not true. Okay. That's uh, that I have a very lovely wardrobe woman named Darshan and then a beautiful makeup lady, Rachelle. We've had a few of our listeners contact us about like how to talk to a partner about their sexual desires mm-hmm. or even just like wanting to have an orgasm. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, you talk very openly about sex or sexuality, your dating do you have advice for people who are not comfortable having those conversations and, and even aren't just even comfortable like mm-hmm. exploring their own bodies? I think it starts with exploring your own body first. I think if you know how to make yourself come, then it's easier to explain it to somebody else. Um, and I can't imagine having silent sex. That sounds insane to me. And I know people do it. Uh, but I think communication, even during sex, is good. Like, if someone is doing something you don't like, you're well within your means to say, hey, I don't like that. Please stop that. Can you do this instead? Uh, and then maybe foreplay, you can say, I like when you do this. Can you do that tonight? Uh, I, I don't know how to help someone get comfortable and, like, get there. Um, other than maybe like fake it till you make it, like watch a little mm. bit of porn, even though porn is not real. It's not real. It's not real. The way women react is not <laughs> real. Uh, but sometimes they, they talk. So maybe take a little bit from there and talk to your partner. I think you should always be talking. You have this joke in your, like, at the beginning of your stand-up special. Well, you, first of all, like, preface your whole special with, like, mm-hmm. I tell a lot of fat jokes. Yeah, Deal I was with it. told to not do that. And you did it. But I did it. I did it specifically because I've never seen anyone tell 13 minutes of fat jokes before. Um, what? How do people, because one of the jokes that you tell, which I really loved, which I also made me just reflect on my own behavior, was when you're talking about how people do not equate Fat women yes. is beautiful. And a lot of fat female comics have this joke, and then we all put our, like, a different spin on it. But uh, I would start doing, so when I started doing fat material, it was a whole journey, because I would do it, no one would laugh, and then people would be like, Nicole, you're not fat, you're beautiful. And I was like, but I am fat. Like, I'm standing in front of you. I know I'm a fat person. <laughs> yeah. I know I can't shop at every store. I know, you know. What 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 is this? What is this the little weird denial? Thing? Thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it was like being fat and being beautiful—they're not mutually exclusive. And uh, that was like a thing, and, and I had to tell audiences that up top, and then mm. for them to not feel bad for me <laughs> because it's also weird to feel bad for somebody on stage because it's like I didn't leave my house, I didn't put makeup on. 
to get on a stage to have you feel bad for me. I don't feel bad for me. I wouldn't get on a stage if I felt bad for me. <laughs> That's like an insane thing. And then it's like, it was just very confusing to me. And then, um, yeah, it was just, it, it's just weird that I have to tell people that. I literally tell people, I'm like, this is, you're doing this because you think fat is ugly. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, fat, there's tons of beautiful fat people. And then fat, fat is just something you have. It's not something you are. Yeah. You know? It's just very interesting trying to work out that material. And the only fat, like, Monique would talk about being fat and being, like, empowered. And I feel like that's, a like, a stereotype of black women. Like, like fat black women are like, they don't need nothing. Whatever. They're confident. They're strong. There's a comic now who tells a joke that's like, uh, you can't insult a fat black lady. I'm like, you truly can. You absolutely can. And then we go home and we cry. We're people, too. Um, so I wanted to come at it as a way, almost like how the world views fat people. Mm-hmm. So that's tr- where I was trying to do jokes. Before we wrap up, I have to ask, is it overwhelming being on Nailed It? <laughs> a show beloved by all in which there's a catchphrase. People can just come up to you and say all the time, yeah. especially small children uh-huh. like mine <laughs> who are madly obsessed with you. It's very weird to have children like me. Because uh, you, you get that a lot, right? Like people's kids are all yes. obsessed with you in and the show. people will want me to host their Nailed It theme parties, which blows my mind. I Should like, I ask you to do that now? Or <laughs> I would do it later. for you. Oh, my God. I am 100% joking. I would do it for you because I know you. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. I'll, we'll call, I'll call you next week. <laughs> but, like, people I don't know? No. No, I'm not coming to host your Nailed It theme. You would have to pay me an astronomical – you would have to pay me at least my episodic rate. Yes, yeah, the TV money. <laughs> That's – I mean, it's not that much, but, like, but it's you money. would have to pay me. Um, it is just so weird that kids – like me, like my little cousins, it's weird because my family knows me and then my little cousins vaguely know me because I see them once a year. And this year, my little cousin London was starstruck. She couldn't believe Aww. that we were related. <laughs> and I was like, London, you know me. And she was like, we know each other. And I was oh, like, Nicole. yes, London, we do. Um, and then she made me sign a piece of paper. <laughs> and I was like, you're going to see me next year. You're going to see me so many more times. So, like, that's been weird. The little boy I used to nanny just called me the other day. I have to call him back. But he was like, Nicole, I do you want me to play it? Yes. <laughs> it's the cutest thing in the whole wide world. It's essentially like the kids in his class can't believe I used to babysit him. Hi, Nicole. This is Gus. Um, I'm just here to say that I love you and that I think Nailed It's awesome and all my friends love it. And then they're just like, wait, what? Nicole Byer is your babysitter <laughs> for, from when you were a kid? And um, and I tell them yes, and they're like, are you serious? That's crazy. That's awesome. That's about it. But Aww, he, Gus. I, Gus. Gus is my he was my best friend for a while because <laughs> I didn't have money for therapy. And he had a really big head. And his body just kind of grew a little slower. Uh, he's like, su- he was super tall, like by the time he was like two. But I would put him in this little donut pillow and talk at him. I'd be like, why doesn't this man love me? And he'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I would, he would like say funny things and I would laugh. And then he'd be like, oh, that's funny. Oh, he was, he's great. He's, 
I haven't seen him in years. And one time he dragged an Oprah magazine into his room and went, Cool. And oh, I was like, wow. no, you little racist. <laughs> <laughs> but he's the best and I love him so much. Aww, so I guess I do like kids. <laughs> well, listen, just well behaved. Oh, God, I'll try. Uh, Nicole, this has been the best. Yes, thank you so much. Literally for the me. best. Thank you. What best. a treat. Yay. Seriously, thank you for coming on the show. Um, if people want to search for you in a non-creepy way, yes. where can they find you? On my Instagram, it's at Nicole Byer. My Twitter is at Nicole Byer. I have a Facebook page that I very rarely update. You can search for it. I don't I won't tell you what it is. <laughs> um and then my website is NicoleByerWasTaken.com because Nicole Byer was taken. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you again. Thank, Thank you. So glad you're here. Thank you. So, Kate, mm-hmm. how did finding a recipe that you were excited to try go for you? Well, I've picked the recipe and I'm going to make it tonight. Mm. Do you know what I've decided to do? What? My favorite food, like one of my favorite, favorite meals is eggplant parmesan. Oh, I love eggplant parm. But I've never made it. Oh. I've just eaten my grandma's mm-hmm. or my mom's mm-hmm. or just like eaten it at a restaurant. I've mm-hmm. never actually made eggplant parmesan. And the, and weirdly, in the like New York Times Reci- weekly recipe email they had a link to an a like a crunchy eggplant parmesan recipe it was kismet i kind of felt like it was so i am gonna make it tonight yum so i'll be reporting back next week but i'm really excited i'll share a link to the recipe obviously Great. also a cookbook that i've mentioned before trattoria which is by patricia wells also has an eggplant parm recipe mm. i was gonna make that one and then i saw the new york times one and i was like well just try this i'm gonna try both i kind of had this whole Great. like i'm gonna perfect eggplant parmesan yes i can't wait to come over and eat it and nobody in my family likes eggplant so i will have it all to myself or to share with you thank you that's so it's thoughtful. My, it is my pleasure. Oh, I appreciate Would you it. like that to be a meal I bring you during like oh my God, early yeah. baby days? Do you like does Matt like eggplant parmesan? Yeah, Matt's Italian. Oh, that's right. Matt and I are Of course he likes eggplant Matt and I parm. Are connected <laughs> through the family. Um so yeah, so that's where I'm up to. Dory, we you've already nailed your intention. Yeah, I mean I discussed it that that my schedule has just turned into a daily word count goal. You're getting it done. You're chipping away. Getting it done. I do think, too, like, the practice of writing every day can be applied to anything, like putting your laundry away. Totally. You could do just a little bit a day. Yes. I mean, these are things that I know to be true that oh, I have yeah. trouble executing in my real life. Totally. Like, I, so there's, and it's not like there's a deadline by which, like, I need to get all my laundry put away, whereas there is a deadline for my book. That's true. And also, no one is paying you to put your laundry Correct. away. Correct. You are being paid to write a book indeed but you know we all should put our laundry away at some point that's true laundry hot topic on this podcast right now very hot so what's on the intention calendar for you this week so this week i was just i was sitting at my desk this morning and i was like oh there's a lot of papers just papers on my desk and we just need to we don't know when we're going to be able to combine our offices because this whole window situation that i've referred to previously i texted my landlord this morning and i was like hey any update and he's like no i'll check in though so i don't know when that's gonna happen um but i would like to get everything prepared and so that's that needs to start with getting the papers and all the clutter in my office organized and how do you have steps laid out with how you're going to do that? 
Well, I have a filing cabinet okay. and I have a shredder. Great. So those are two key parts. They either go in one pile or the other, essentially, Literally, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's kind of it. Well, you'll get through that. I hope so. Thank you. How I about believe you? in you. I, you know, I am going to try to start reading the intuitive eating book. Okay. Uh, many listeners have mentioned it as a book they have enjoyed and recommended it to me when I get into my, like, I'm having uh, my body image issues and my mm. food issues and all that mm. fun stuff. For the benefit of our listeners, what is the title of this book? So, Dory, the book is, the official title is Intuitive Eating, a Revolutionary Program That Works by Evelyn Triboli, T-R-I-B-O-L-E, and Elise Resch. I'm pronouncing their names horribly wrong, I'm sure. And it says, make peace with food, free yourself from chronic dieting forever, rediscover the pleasures of eating. Those are three things I'm really working hard to do. Well, I look forward to hearing more. So I figured when I was in my like negative world brain spiral, I was like, what are some steps I can do to maybe just like get out of this? And I did some like positive thinking about myself. I call, I reached out to my therapist and then I was like, why don't I make this my intention for the week? Great. Love it. So I will let you know how it goes. Hopefully I read a page. Um, great. Well, I think that brings us to the end. Oh boy, does it ever. <sighs> but I just want to remind everyone, South by Southwest, Saturday, March 9th, 2 p.m., for a badge holders. For badge holders. And then for anybody. Meet up with Natch Butte Sunday, March 10th at five. And the link to the RSVP will be in the show notes. And we are so excited to see any and all Yay, of you who show can't up. Wait. Um, friendly reminder that we have a voicemail, 781-591-0390. And our email is forever35podcast at gmail.com. You can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash forever thirty five podcast and join one or many of the many, many, many spinoff groups. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, or mention us on the social media outlet of your choice. And reminder that all the products and everything we mention is always on our website, forever35podcast.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at forever35podcast and on Twitter at forever35pod. And Forever 35 is hosted and produced by Dory Shafrir and Kate Spencer and produced and edited by Sammy Junio and Lane Hammer is our assistant. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.